Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 48 Warding Off Devotees' Calamities. At the start of this chapter, Hamadpant responds to a question whether Sai Baba was a guru or sadguru. Hamadpan answers by describing the signs of a sadguru. Signs of a sadguru. He who teaches us the Vedas and Vedanta, or the six shastras, he who controls the breath or brands his body with mudras, he who gives pleasing discourses regarding Brahman, he who gives mantras to disciples and orders them to chant a certain number of times, but does not assure them any result in a definite time. He who by his expansive wordy knowledge explains beautifully the ultimate principle, but has himself no experience or self-realization, is not a sadguru. But he who through his speech creates in us a distaste for the enjoyments of this world and the next, and gives us a taste of self-realization, who is well-versed in both theoretical and applied knowledge, deserves to be called a sadguru. How can he who is lacking in self-realization give it to the disciples? A sadguru does not expect any service or profit from his disciples, even in his dream. On the contrary, he only wishes to serve them. He does not think that he is great and the disciple is small. Not only does he love him as a son, but regards him as an equal to him or as Brahman. The main characteristic of a sadguru is that he is the abode of peace. He is never restless nor distressed. He has no pride of learning. The poor and the rich, the small and the great, are the same to him. Hamadpant thinks that it is on account of the accumulation of merits from his past births that he had the good fortune of meeting and being blessed by such a sadguru as Sai Baba. Even in his youth, Baba hoarded nothing except perhaps his chillum. He had no family, no friend, no home, nor any support. Since he was 18, his control of mind was perfect and extraordinary. He lived fearlessly in a secluded place and always abided in his self. Seeing the pure attachment of his devotees, he always acted in their interest and so in a way was dependent on them. Those who are attached to him, even today after his Mahasamadhi, 
acquire the experiences he gave to his devotees while he was living in flesh. What devotees have to do is trim their heart lamp of faith and devotion and burn it in wicks of love. And when this is done, the flame of knowledge, self-realization, will be lit and shine bright. Mere knowledge without love is dry. No one wants such knowledge. Without love, there is no contentment. So we should have unbroken and unbounded love. How can we praise love? Everything is insignificant before it. Without love, our reading, hearing, and studying are of no benefit. In the wake of love, devotion, dispassion, peace, and liberation will follow us with all their treasures. We do not develop love for anything unless we feel intently about it. Where there is real yearning and feeling, God manifests himself. This is love, and this is the means of liberation. Now let us revert to the main story of this chapter. Let a man go to a true saint with a pure mind and hold his feet. Eventually he is sure to be saved. This is illustrated by the following stories. Mr. Shevade Mr. Sapnikar of Akokot was studying the law. A fellow student named Shevade had gathered with him and other students to compare their study notes. During their question and answer session, it was revealed that Shevade was the least prepared of all for the examination, and so the students derided him. He said that though he was not prepared, he was sure to pass the examination, as his Sai Baba was there to get him through successfully. Mr. Sapnakar was surprised at this remark, took Shavade aside and asked him, Who was Sai Baba who you praised so highly? Shavade replied, There lives a fakir in the masjid in Shirdi. He is a great Satpurusha. There are other saints, but he is unique. Unless there is a great store of merit in one's account, one can't see him. I fully believe in him, and what he says is never untrue. He has assured me that next year I will definitely pass. I am confident that I will get through the final examination with his grace. Mr. Sapnakar laughed at his friend's confidence and jeered at him and Baba. When Shevade later passed his exam successfully, Mr. Sapnakar was quite surprised. The Sapnakars Mr. Sapnakar passed his examination, settled in Akokot, and practiced law there. 
Ten years later, in 1913, he lost his only son to a throat disease. This broke his heart. He sought relief by making a pilgrimage to Pandapur, Gangapur, and other holy places. He found no peace of mind. He also read Vedanta, which did not help. In the meantime, he remembered Shevade's remarks and faith in Baba and thought that he should go to Shirdi and see Baba. So he went to Shirdi with his younger brother and was much pleased to see Baba from a distance. He went close and with pure devotion, prostrated before Baba, placing a coconut before him. But Baba immediately cried out, Get away! Sapnakar hung down his head, moved back, and sat to the side. He wanted to consult someone who could advise him how to proceed. Someone mentioned Bala Shimpi's name. Sapnakar saw Shimpi and sought his help. They both bought some photos of Baba and came with them to the masjid. Shimpi took a photo in his hand, gave it to Baba, and asked him whose photo it was. Baba said that the photo was of the lover of him, pointing to Sapnakar. Saying this, Baba laughed, and everyone joined in. Shippi asked Baba why he laughed, and beckoned Sapnakar to come forward and have darshan. When Sapnakar began to prostrate before Baba, Baba again cried, Get out! Sapnakar did not know what to do. They both joined their hands in prayer and sat before Baba praying. Baba finally ordered Sapnakar to leave immediately. Both devotees were sad and dejected. As Baba's order had to be obeyed, Sapnakar left Shirdi with a heavy heart, praying that he would be allowed to have darshan next time. Mrs. Sapnakar One year elapsed. Still, his mind was not at peace. He went to Gangapur, where he felt even more restless. Then he went to Madagon and finally decided to go to Kashi. Two days before starting, his wife had a vision. In her dream, she was going with a pitcher to Lotska's well. There, a fakir with a piece of cloth around his head, who was sitting at the foot of the neem tree, came close to her and said, My dear lassie, why get exhausted for nothing? I will get your pitcher filled with pure water. She was afraid of the fakir and hurried back with the empty pitcher. The fakir followed her. At this, she was awakened and opened her eyes. She told this vision to her husband. They thought it was an auspicious sign, so they both left for Shirdi. When they reached the masjid, Baba was not there. He had gone to Lendi, so they waited for his return. When he returned, she was surprised to see 
that the fakir she had seen in her vision looked exactly like Baba. She prostrated herself with devotion before Baba and sat looking at him. Seeing her humility, Baba was much pleased and began to tell a story to another person there in his characteristically peculiar fashion. He said, My arms, abdomen, and waist have been paining me for a long time. I took many medicines, but the pain did not stop. I got sick of the medicines, as they gave me no relief. But I am surprised to see now that all the pains have immediately disappeared. Though no name was mentioned, it was the story of Mrs. Sapnakar. The pains, as described by Baba, soon left her and she became happy. Then Mr. Sapnakar went ahead to take Darshan. He was again welcomed with the same, Get out! But this time he was more repentant and persevering. He knew that Baba's displeasure was due to his past deeds and resolved to make amends for them. He was determined to see Baba alone and ask forgiveness for his past actions. This he did. He placed his head on Baba's feet and Baba placed his hand on his head. Sapnakar then sat stroking Baba's leg. Then a shepherdess came and began massaging Baba's back at the same time. Baba began to tell a story of a merchant in his characteristic way. He related the various vicissitudes in the merchant's life, including the death of his only son. Sapnakar was surprised to see that the story which Baba related was actually his own and wondered how Baba knew every detail of it. He realized that Baba was omniscient and knew the hearts of all. When this thought crossed his mind, Baba addressed the shepherdess while pointing to Sapnakar and said, This fellow blames me and charges me with killing his son. Do I kill people's children? Why does this fellow come to the masjid and cry? Now I will do this. I will bring that very child back again in his wife's womb. With these words, Baba placed his hand on Sapnakar's head, blessing and comforting him, saying, These feet are old and holy. You are carefree now. Place all your faith in me and you will get soon what you desire. Sapnakar was moved with emotion and bathed Baba's feet with his tears, then returned to his residence. He made preparations for worship in Nivedia, then returned to the masjid with his wife. He offered this to Baba and accepted prasad from him. Among the crowd in the masjid, Sapnakar saluted Baba again and again. Seeing heads clashing against heads, Baba said, Oh, why do you prostrate yourself again and again? 
One namaskar offered with love and humility is enough. Then later that night, Sapnakar witnessed the Chavati procession as described earlier. In that procession, Baba looked like a veritable Vital. When parting the next day, Sapnakar thought that he should first pay one rupee as Dakshina, and then if Baba asked again, instead of saying no, he should pay one more, thus reserving a sufficient amount for his journey. When he went to the masjid and offered one rupee, Baba asked for another, as this was Sapnakar's intention. When it was paid, Baba blessed him, saying, Take the coconut, put it in your wife's sari, then go away relieved without the least anxiety. He did so, and within a year a son was born to him. When the infant was eight months old, the couple came to Shirdi, placed him at Baba's feet, and prayed, O Sainat, we do not know how to repay you, so we prostrate before you. Bless us, we are poor and helpless. Hereafter, let your holy feet be our only refuge. Many thoughts and ideas trouble us in waking and dream states. So bless us and turn our minds away from them to your bhajans. The son was named Dog. Then two additional sons were born to them. The Sapnakars realized that Baba's words were never unfulfilled nor untrue, but turned out literally to be true. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org To learn more about Monica please go to monicapinaconda.org